Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. We have said repeatedly in our study of the book of Leviticus that God has made a priesthood. And through the new covenant, he has made a royal priesthood, one who has been set apart in order that we might serve him and have the privilege of doing his work. Well, we are in the midst of chapter 10 of the book of Leviticus, and we have seen something here. We've seen how Moses has led the people in the previous chapter, the people too, be blessed by the people, the priesthood. And we have seen as well how they have began their service in the tabernacle. And now we're seeing that service that was was beginning in the first part of chapter 10. It continues on into the second part of chapter 10, but with a problem. And we're going to see how even men that are, are like Moses, can, cannot see things always in the way that they should. We all err at times. We all do things that we ought not. And the man of God is that we are quick to acknowledge our errors, our sins, our mistakes, our transgressions, that we are quick to repent as David was, in order that we might experience that renewal and restoration. Because foundationally, this is what the priesthood is about, especially the priesthood that we are part of as a royal priesthood that was inaugurated through the work, the ministry, and the blood of Messiah Yeshua. So look with me, as I said, to the book of Leviticus, chapter 10, and we're going to pick up where we left off last week in verse 12. Let's begin. And Moses spoke to Aharon, and of course, Aharon is his brother Aaron, and to Eleazar, and to Itamar. Now, these two individuals, Eleazar and Itamar, are sons of Aaron. We will remember that at the beginning of this chapter, Aaron lost his two other sons. And I'm speaking, of course, about Nadav and Abihu. And what did they do? They worshiped God incorrectly. And because of their incorrect worship, they were put to death. Now, again, we talked about this last week. We can repeat ourselves now. This shows how important worship is. In other words, worship is a matter of life and death. And therefore, we need to be very careful. We need to be very submissive. We need to be very obedient to the instructions of God, especially when it comes to worship. 
because failure to worship God correctly may bring about death. It certainly did with the sons of Aaron. Look again at verse 12. And Moses spoke to Aharon and to Eleazar and to Itamar, his sons who were remaining, meaning that they remained in life. His other sons, as we talked about, lost their life because of ungodly worship. Keep reading in verse 12 where it says, Take the remaining grain offering from the fire offering of the Lord and consume it. That means eat it and eat it how? Matzot, which means eat it with unleavened bread and to do so at the altar for it is the holy of holies meaning it is the most holy now what is it speaking about how significant this is this ministry that they were called to do because it all revolves around one thing how the priests led israel to worship god And this is foundational. This is what humanity exists for. So realize that. You have life, and if you're a believer, you have eternal life in order that you might worship God. We do so, as I said, through praising Him, worshiping Him, serving Him, but also we do so by ministering in His name to other people. So all of this is being taught in this passage. Now let's move on to verse 13. And you shall eat it in a holy place. Now this is a a sanctified place. It is Makom Kodesh. And if we look carefully at this term, what do we learn? We learn that this place, Makom Kadosh, has to do with a place that has been set apart for that purpose. Now, the term kadosh here has to do with something that has been given significance because it relates to God's will. And they are supposed to eat of it in that specific location. Not just anywhere, but specifically in that location. And it's only when we submit to God's instruction that worship is going on did you hear that it is only when we submit to god's instructions and his designations to us then and only then when we are obeying them are we worshiping worship is always an outcome of doing what god has commanded verse 13 and you shall eat of it in that holy place and again bamakom kadosh for this this food that they are receiving it says for your portion and the portion of your sons it is from the fire offerings of the lord for thus i have commanded now again we see this word here for thus i have commanded again it simply reinforces what i've said i've studied this passage and therefore i was aware of what was said and why it was said it is to inform us that worship the framework of worship 
is always a response to what has been commanded by him. And if you're not acknowledging his commands, and I mean his commands for life and for how to worship him, it's not worship. It is that strange fire that we talked about last week and unfortunately today that strange fire is what's being offered up more often than not in the houses of God now I realize that people say that's highly critical but when you are highly sensitive to the word of God you can see with discernment this isn't of God these things aren't pleasing to him because they are not an outcome of what he has said to do move on to verse 14 and the breast of the wave offering and the leg now i realize some english bibles will say thigh and that's okay the leg of and some will say heave offering it's for the word for lifting up but it is also related this word truma as a donation so we see that this is being given with no expectation the one who offers it up the individual now the priests do the work of offering up but the one who provides it no expectation of giving it back it is a donation this is what is being said here look again at verse 14 for the breast that is that wave offering and the leg or thigh which is this donation you shall eat of it and notice there's a difference you shall eat of it in bemakom tahor in a pure place now we've seen two terms a holy place makom kadosh and now makom tahor two different words and there's some differences in them holy as i said relates to a purpose of god and a location that has been set apart for that a pure place is a place that has no spiritual condemnation or contamination is the right word no spiritual contamination and therefore it may be in a variety of places and why it's called a pure place is because who's partaking of this donation notice what it says in this scripture you shall eat of it in a pure place you and your sons and here's the chidush here's the new thing that's mentioned and your daughters with you so now because there is women partaking of it the family members of the priests they get to benefit as well therefore they're not in a holy place a place that is related to the the tabernacle but they're in a pure place a place that is not contaminated a place that's not unclean a place that is pure and therefore this purity is related to blessing i've shared that before with you makom tame an unclean place a place that has been corrupted those places defiled places god will not bless but a makom tahor a pure place 
is a place that God will bless and his presence will come into that location as well. So you eat of it, you, your sons, and your daughters with you. For once again, he says, your portion and the portion of your sons, it has been given from the peace offerings of the children of Israel. So here, the distinction is this. This is not coming from the priests. They're not ascertaining that that lamb, that goat, that bull, whatever it may be. It's not being offered up by them, or I should say given by them. They're offering it up, but it's not. They're not the source for the giving. This giving comes from, as it says emphatically, it comes from the children of Israel. And we're going to see more of why it was given by the children of Israel in a moment. Look now to verse 15. There's a change of order. This leg or thigh for the donation. And the breast, which is the wave offering, it is put upon the the fire offering and notice something the fire offering of the fats meaning the fat from the animals that have been given so they offer up these things upon the fire offering and the fire offerings consisted of the choice pieces the fat of these animals and it says they brought them to wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. And thus it shall be for you and for your sons who are with you. And notice, for an eternal commandment. Now, this word for commandment or law or decree, however you translate the word chok, is also the same word when it says, this shall be your portion and the portion of your sons. Well, realize it's the same word, meaning portion is what has been decreed, what has been given by the law for a specific purpose. And this was the payment that the priests received for doing that work and doing it faithfully. They were supported by the offerings that were offered up, all of them, no, but certain ones were able to be eaten by the priest and his family. This is what we're taught at this time. And then it says, look at the end of verse 15, the second time we read, just as the Lord commanded. Verse 16. Now, in verse 16, we're dealing with an offering of great significance. We're talking about a goat that has been offered up for specifically sin. And let's just look at this, and then we'll comment after we read this verse, verse 16. And the goat, and the goat was for a sin offering. Notice what it says. Darash, darash, literally darosh, darash, Moshe. So Moses, and the word darash means to inquire it's a word of seeking diligently so the fact that in this construction that phrase is repeated twice the word lidrosh we see here drosh and drash which simply means moses 
inquired thoroughly. He was seeking revelation from God in regard to this matter. Verse 16, and the goat offering for sin, that sin offering, Moses, he diligently inquired. And behold, what happened? It was burnt up. Now, this is going to become very important, and we're going to learn a significant principle from it. We're going to see that Moses, he was taught by God how to oversee the priests and what they were doing. He had to instruct them and train them and prepare the tabernacle for worship. And understand, it was after the redemption of Passover that the people came out and they began to worship God differently. Before this time, there was no tabernacle. There were not the various things that God instructed, instructed Moses through the law of Moses. The people didn't have that. This was new revelation that came as the outcome of redemption, that Yitzhak Mehmetzrayim, the coming out of Egypt. So we see that redemption impacts how we worship God. And Moses had been instructed, and now he's observing what's going on. And notice, he sees something that, that is different. Something that's not according to how he taught them to do so earlier in some of these other offerings. And specifically, he's dealing with the goat for the sin offering. And pay attention here to what happens. We read in verse 16, the Rosh Darash Moshe, Moses diligently inquired. And behold, this, this was burnt up. And notice it says, he became angry. And this is a word of intense anger. So Moses, he didn't speak to his brother, the high priest Aaron. Now, this is odd because we see that Aharon is over the work. He is the high priest and he is responsible for the priesthood yes moses has instructed him he received the revelation and he gave it to aaron and now aaron is in charge but moses is observing and he sees something that's incorrect therefore he inquired diligently at what had happened because it wasn't based upon the instructions that god had given to him and what are we talking about there was something that appeared to be improper worship And notice, it was very, very, very important to Moses. And what we should glean from that is this. Whenever we see improper worship being done, it should cause you to respond. You should be diligent about ensuring the places that you attend, that they truly worship God and reflect His authority and is done within a scriptural framework in order that God is pleased with that worship. Moses saw that something was done improperly and immediately. It says, he became, notice it, al-Elazar, al-Itamar. He became angry excuse me, and this word for angry, I've talked about it before in other passages. 
it's a word which means to be to be almost out of control with anger it speaks about how an animal sometimes when it's angry it will begin to froth at the mouth and this is the word the same word that's used here for being angry and moses was angry at the two sons of aharon these two sons elazar and Tamar, the sons of Aaron who remained, meaning remained in life. And he spoke. Verse 17. He inquires why this wasn't done properly. Verse 17. Why have you not eaten the sin offering in the holy place? For it is the most holy. The holy of holies is it. This is what the tabernacle existed for. To make atonement for sin. So he says, it is of the most holy. And it was given to you. And notice this. This particular offering was given to you. Meaning it was revealed you were given this assignment to deal with it in the way that God says. Why? Laset, meaning to lift up. Now, that word to lift up can mean to take away, to remove. So, to lift up the iniquity. Now, I know some Bibles will translate this word guilt. It ought not. It's the word avon, which is iniquity. Why some Bibles translate it differently than iniquity, I have no explanation, but it is incorrect. To lift up, meaning take away, remove the iniquity of the congregation. And remember this word, ha-eda, the ones who are called to bear witness, to give testimony. And what does that mean? To give testimony concerning the holy God. And you give testimony by obeying his words. That's what a witness, a testimony is. You hear from God and you implement that revelation into your life in order that righteousness is done and God's glory is manifested. That's the testimony. To live in a way that manifests God's glory. That's what we're called to do. That's the testimony that's pleasing to God. And that's what a true royal priesthood is going to bring about. So it says to remove the iniquity of of the congregation and then notice it lechaper alechem to make atonement for them before the lord now here again why is that there lifnei hashem before the lord it means to do so before god and the implication is in the manner that god has required what he has commanded So we give testimony by observing the things that he has given to us and we do it before him. Meaning this, God commands and we do it in front of him. And we do it in front of him in order to honor and to demonstrate submissiveness. You ask me, what are we called to do as God's people? Here's the answer. To demonstrate submissiveness to him, how do we do it? By obeying his framework. What is his framework? His word. His instructions. His commands. This is what the believer's life is all about. So we read here. Look at verse 18. 
hen, which means behold. Its blood was not brought to the inner holy place or the inner sanctuary where it should have been eaten it should have been eaten in this holiness just as i have commanded now in holiness or again it could be a reference to that holy place that place that has been sanctified set apart designated for just that so moses saying we have not done what we ought to do because part of god's command has not been fulfilled and moses is grieved over that he's angry over that and he's speaking to the two sons of of aaron eleazar and itamar now if you look at the rabbinical commentary they ask the question and it's an excellent question to ask why isn't moses speaking to aaron well the most frequent reason and this is probably tied to the answer that we're going to to offer up in a moment that is because moses knew the grief of aaron he had just lost two sons were they guilty yes they were but let me ask you something even if your child dies and it's a righteous killing they had done something that they they merited death that was proper does that make it any easy does that hurt any less now we have known people that have lost children they've done so at the hands of a drunk driver we have seen that there has been individuals that have lost children because of of drug abuse and other activity that ought not be done but i can tell you on both cases when the child was an innocent victim or the child did it to themselves and we're talking about adult children it doesn't take away the pain it doesn't make it easier because my son my daughter god forbid was was guilty it doesn't take the pain away it's still there and therefore we see according to some of the commentators moses speaks directly to eleazar and itamar and not aaron because he knows aaron is hurting he is grieving yes we saw last week he held his peace he was silent he didn't complain he didn't show his grief why because he knew that that punishment upon his two sons nadav and abihu was just it was proper but that doesn't mean it was less painful for him but notice what happens in the the next verse verse 19. moses speaks to eleazar and itamar but aaron responds verse 19. and aaron spoke to moses behold this is a day this is a word that that declares something that that prepares the hearer to listen he says (coughs) behold today they have offered up their sin offering and their burnt offering before the lord now this is for them they've done that meaning the priests they've done that that part 
But notice what he says. He says, and these things that have happened to me. So the priest has done these things, meaning Eleazar and and Itamar, they've offered up the sin offering. They've offered up the burnt offering. They've done these things. And he says, even on what has happened to me. Now, almost all the scholars agree. What is he referring to? What has happened to me? He's talking about something. And that is the death of his two sons. He says, yes, we've offered up, we've done this work, but we did not eat them. And he knew this is what should have been done. But he's going to share a reason why it was not done. Now, we know something. In fact, let's just do something. Turn in your Bible to another very important scripture. And I'm talking about the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 10. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 10. Notice what it says here. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 10. Word says, Ve achalta, ve savalta, uvrakta et Hashem elohecha, al haaretz hatova, asher natan lach, which means, you will eat and you will be satisfied. And then after eating, what are we so all to do? Bless the Lord your God concerning the good land which He has given to you. So when we eat, we are supposed to, after concluding that meal, bless God. And here's the issue. We're supposed to do it sincerely. But what Aaron is saying is, after what has happened to me this day, the death of my two sons, I did the offerings, but we did not partake of the food. Why? To do so would be an expression of joy. And he said, even though I held my peace, even though I didn't say anything, it wasn't appropriate for me to eat because to eat is to rejoice. And he did not feel like rejoicing. And therefore, Eleazar and Itamar did not eat either. They purposely, they knew the law. But they did not do the law. It says here, And I have eaten the sin offering today, meaning if I would have eaten the sin offering today. It's in the future. And in English, we would put it in the the subjunctive. If I would have eaten the sin offering today. And it says, this was good in the eyes of the Lord. What's saying here is that Aaron is testifying, by me not doing this, it was good, proper, acceptable, but it's literally the word good in the eyes of the Lord. Let's go to our last verse, verse 20. Now we're going to see Moses' response. He's heard the explanation. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't done because of forgetfulness. It was done out of a scriptural basis. 
He knew that to eat required joy, and he did not feel joyful. Therefore, he did something else. He burnt up these things rather than partaking of them themselves. And notice what what it says in verse 20. And Moses heard, and it was good in his eyes. Meaning that Moses and God had the same conclusion. Now, this is important because Moses didn't try to justify himself. He didn't say, well, I told you to do that, and you didn't do it. I knew what had happened. If if God didn't want you to do this, he would have told me, and I would have told you. You're wrong. Moses wasn't about being right. He heard the explanation of his brother, of Aaron, and why he and his sons did not eat of this food but burnt it up. And because of that, what happens? It showed sensitivity for not doing something, manufacturing it, but being sincere. And what we conclude with is this. Worship must be sincere. And sincerity is rooted in truth. Aaron did this because he was concerned about faithfully, sincerely, according to truth, bearing forth the commandments of God. And he knew how he felt, this this grief that he felt inside, that he could not eat and bless the Lord. Therefore, they took a different action. They were sensitive to the thoughts of God. And they wanted to do things that were right in his eyes. And that's what we see in the scripture. He says, Vaitav Benai Shoshem. It was right, it was good in the eyes of the Lord. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to live in a way that when God sees our behavior, our actions, our worship, that God would agree it is good in his eyes. Well, I'll close with that. Until next week, shalom. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.